This podcast is part of the Acast Creator Network. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hello and welcome to The Stand with Eamon Dunphy. Now, we're just learning as we begin this podcast on Thursday evening that the American Defence Secretary Lloyd Austin has announced that the US are close to taking reprisals for the death of three of their soldiers and the injury of many more in an incident in the Middle East earlier this week, and the tension there is rising, of course. President Biden has said he will not be specific about what they intend to do, but clearly some reprisals will take place against probably Iranian targets, but not in Iran itself. It is, as Lloyd Austin said a few moments ago, a very dangerous situation in the Middle East, and it is something that will have a bearing on the presidential race and, of course, will have a bearing as well on how Joe Biden is perceived. We're joined now to discuss this and other issues by Niall Stanich. Niall doesn't need any introduction to our regular listeners, but he is the associate editor of The Hill, a highly respected Washington newspaper, and he's a White House columnist for that paper as well. Niall, they've just announced their intention to strike back at Iran. America, like every country, but particularly America, America very sensitive to the death of servicemen and women and the injury of many more in this instance, not so sensitive about the deaths of about 26,000 people in the Gaza Strip who happen to be Palestinian. Mm. Yeah, I mean, clearly the issue here is one of the potential for escalation in the conflict in terms of Iran and the United States. Those three American service people, as you say, being killed uh, in Jordan. Um, that is, uh, you know, clearly uh, something that if the Americans do hit Iranian targets, on one hand, it will give Biden a bit of political leeway from Republican hawks who complain that he has let too many drone attacks go unanswered. On the other hand, you are ratcheting up uh, 
tensions, well, more than tensions, you're ratcheting up actions with uh, unknown consequences. As you say, it does come in, the, obviously, in the context of the issue of Israel and the Gaza Strip, a huge death toll, Biden having coming under increasing pressure, I would say, from the left here because of his uh, emphatic support for Israel. Uh, and uh, there is criticism here about that, even though, of course, the center of gravity on that issue here in the United States is um, considerably more sympathetic to Israel than the center of gravity in Ireland would be. Yes, and I wonder to what extent, Niall, will it have an impact on the coming presidential election in November? Mm. Because if it does, how will that split? I mean, clearly, mm. younger Democrats, I think you've told us before, and those who are of a more liberal persuasion will definitely not like what Biden has done. Because, in effect, he's not just supporting Netanyahu, he's supporting the most right-wing cabinet Israel has ever had, three of whom are self-declared fascists. Mm. It's a very bad and difficult political situation for him. I mean, not not to not to be overly sympathetic. I mean, he decides what position he wants to take, and he has he has adopted that position. But in terms of the electoral politics of it, it is complicated for a Democratic president. It's less complicated for the Republicans because Republican voters almost overwhelmingly uh, stand with Israel and are pro-Israel, and and not only I would say. Uh, anti-Palestinian, but often, frankly, anti-Arab, or, you know, in terms of international yes. affairs. Um, so it is easier for Republicans. For Democrats, there's an interesting tension because most Jewish Americans vote for the Democratic Party by significant margins, uh, 70% or so. Yes. Uh, so that is an important block in the Democratic Party. Uh, at the same time, the, there is a very even split among Democrats as to who, which side your sympathies lie more with. And among, as you say, younger and more liberal people, that tends to be the Palestinians. The consequence of all of this is, firstly, there could be real problems with enthusiasm and turnout for Biden among that constituency nationwide. The other point, and we may have spoken about this before previously, Eamon, is uh, the state of Michigan yes. is uh, a sort of epicenter of uh, Arab Americans. Uh, Arab Americans make up a significant uh, voting block there. Michigan is one of the six or seven states that would be expected to decide the election. Uh, there are, of course, only about that number of states that are truly competitive in the Electoral College. And Biden's in real trouble there. I mean, there have been a number of polls showing him lagging Trump by a significant amount in Michigan. The uh, issue there is not, for the most part, Arab Americans or certainly, certainly not left-wing Democrats migrating to support Trump. It's those people dropping off of the radar in terms of supporting Biden, becoming disenchanted, essentially, and therefore his support ebbing for that reason. Now, have the American public focused yet on November's election? I mean, people who are politically engaged, are interested, seem to understand that this is the most consequential presidential election perhaps ever, mm. given the state of the world, given the geopolitical 
uncertainties that there are and the shifting alliances that there are. Have they focused yet, do you think, on the general election? We know, for example, that it's almost certain that Trump will be the Republican nominee. Mm. However, there's an interesting sort of little pebble in his shoe. Nikki Haley is the pebble. Mm. She won't go away. She's a former ambassador to the United Nations when Trump was president. She's taken him on. As you've told us on this podcast in the not-too-distant past, she would crush, to use your words, mm. Joe Biden in a, an election. However, there's not much between Trump and Biden. She can't get the Republican nomination. He beat her badly in New Hampshire when she was expected to do well or better. And now the next one is in South Carolina. The next Republican contest for the nomination is in South Carolina, where she was governor for two terms. And yet, he's angry, and he's on a frantic money-raising exercise. I'm not sure whether it's for the presidential race or to pay all his legal bills. He doesn't (laughs) pay the legal bills, I believe. No, no, not personally, he certainly doesn't. So let let me take that that point first uh, in relation to Trump and his legal fees. Um, in the United States, as distinct from uh, the other side of the Atlantic, there are these so-called political action committees, which are bodies that are set up that can raise large sums of money, and they're uh, typically slightly different from the official campaign, and it doesn't go into the individual candidate's pocket. But the money can be spent to assist candidates. Um, it turns out that in the past year, two of those committees affiliated with Trump spent $29 million in legal consulting and legal fees. So as you would imagine, that has drained their coffers to a very considerable extent. Yes. The second point you raised was Nikki Haley, who appeals to a different kind of Republican than Trump, a more traditional Republican, frankly, uh, uh, often a more sort of affluent and better um, educated uh, Republican. I mean, Trump has a different, more populist appeal. But Haley's problem is those populist voters are much more um, numerous in the Republican Party than her kind of demographics are. So it seems very difficult. uh, It's a very difficult path to imagine her really beating Donald Trump for the nomination. I think everyone broadly expects him to be the nominee, which gets to the point where you started off your question about whether people have tuned in or not. And certainly people who are politically committed one way or another have done so. Clearly, there is enormous fear about Trump on the Democratic side. Equally, his MAGA battalions remain very staunch in support of him. I think there is an important point raised by your question, which is, whether the fairly small universe of undecided or persuadable voters have really focused in yet on the fact that this is almost certain to be a Biden-Trump contest. Yes. And one thing that is interesting just really in the past week, past two weeks, is Biden's standing in some polls has actually improved a little bit. The general consensus, I would say, among people who watch these things closely, is that that's not because Biden has done anything particularly fantastic. It is because the reality of a Trump candidacy 
yes. has come more into focus for people who don't follow every twist and turn in these things. And, you know, there are a very significant number of Americans who don't like Mr. Trump. And indeed, there will be consequences they won't like as well. Mm. Well, the world won't like if he does become president. It's interesting, in a poll that you sent me, Niall, he's facing 91 criminal charges. He's also just lost a case against E. Jean Carroll, who is a, was formerly a model. He raped her. He then libeled her by denying that the rape was... He's been found guilty in a court of sexual assault and a further fine of $83 million. This is in a New York court, was levied against him last week. He, of course, has four criminal trials to face, maybe not before the November election, but maybe one of them would be. And a poll that you sent me shows a dramatic shift in his popularity if he were to be found guilty in one of those trials. That's right. And that does seem to be a genuine danger for Trump. Just to briefly recap the E. Jean Carroll thing so listeners don't get confused. A lot of listeners, I think, would think, well, sexual assault, why is he not in jail or why is he not face jail time? The statute of limitations had expired by the time E. Jean Carroll came forward with these allegations. And so she took a civil case against him where he was found liable for uh, sexual assault or sexual battery uh, of her relating to an incident in the mid 1990s. She indeed alleges that was a rape. The civil case came oddly to no conclusion on the rape allegation, but did on the sexual uh, assault or sexual abuse, sexual battery allegation. Uh, Then Trump subsequently defamed her, for which he now has a massive, the massive verdict you mentioned uh, against him. He basically said she was a liar, and she argued that you can't say that given what the court has previously upheld. So that is that. That The reason I mention all of that business is because it was a civil trial. And the poll is referring to if he were found guilty of a criminal offense. And this was a poll conducted in seven battleground states. And it found that if he were indeed convicted, 53% of voters in those states wouldn't, would refuse to vote for him. Yes. Which obviously would be potentially electorally uh, fatal. Now, Of course, there are always caveats. Would the polls prove right for a start? Right now, with no criminal convictions, Trump is up by about six points in these key states in aggregate. So that's where it stands. But uh, sorry if that that explanation was a little convoluted. The point is a criminal conviction would appear to give pause even to some people who have stood by Trump. Up to this point. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. 
That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Now let's move this conversation to an interesting place, I think, and I'm sure our listeners will think, that what you describe in a very neat sentence as follows, a presidential race likely to be fought between two old men could be shaken up by the nation's most famous 34-year-old woman. The woman concerned is Taylor Swift. She's astronomically popular, and she has spoken before on political issues, but not she's not a regular participant in the game of politics. However, she has spoken about Trump before, and she is a very interesting person. She is the most popular pop phenomenon of all time. I like her music. I like mm-hmm. this, her as a person. She seems to be rock solid as a person. And, of course, she is having a romance with Travis Kelsey, who is a linebacker for the Kansas City Chiefs, who are in the Super Bowl final next Sunday, that's Sunday week, rather, and their romance is very well chronicled, of course, Mm. but you speculate on the possibility that she may endorse Biden. She hasn't so far endorsed Biden, but his his team are actively seeking her endorsement, Mm -hmm. and she's very, very popular, maybe the most popular, you know, what should we call her, artist Mm -hmm. ever. Yeah, I mean, a phenomenal artist, uh, somebody who is both massively commercially successful and, in my opinion, great. I mean, I think she's a great, she's the outstanding sort of songwriter of her generation, in my uh, view. She, uh, by virtue of the scale of her popularity, she does have... uh, an influence. The current tour, which is now outside of the United States, the Eras Tour, yes. is the first tour in history to gross over $1 billion already, billion with a B. So, I mean, that gives some indication of just how popular she is. She has, as you say, sort of intermittently made um, political statements. Back in 2018, she supported a Democratic challenger to a Republican senator in Tennessee, where Taylor Swift has, I believe, a couple of homes. And in 2020, around the time of the horrific 
murder of George Floyd by a, a then policeman, um, she accused Trump of basically um, being involved in uh, sort of fanning the flames of white supremacy. And she promised that we will vote you out in November. Yes. Um, so that is part of the reason that she is a potentially politically potent figure. The Trump team, and I would say the sort of online right, is up in arms about her. And that has led to some sort of ludicrous conspiracy theories, including one being backed by Vivek Ramaswamy, yeah. the younger, young by the standards of politicians anyway, gentleman who uh, contested the Republican nomination without a whole lot of success. Um, he is among the people who have this ludicrous idea that the Super Bowl is in some way fixed in order to give Taylor Swift even more prominence, which would then give her an even bigger platform to endorse Biden. Um, the piece that I wrote about her this week pointed out that she doesn't need any bigger platform than she already has. Um, the question is really whether she chooses to make an explicit endorsement or not. Yes, and before I get any complaints from our American football fans, Travis Kelsey is a tight end. He is mm. not a linebacker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's a big difference there between center, center mm-hmm. half and a center forward. So I better get my act together on that. However, Biden is in need of something, isn't he, Niall? Mm-hmm. There are signs the American economy is picking up. And there are people making the argument that while he's been a very good president in many ways, the support of Netanyahu really, rather than Israel, Netanyahu, mm-hmm in this present war is disgusting many people, not just in America, I have to say. However, what is, to my eyes, certain, he looks frail. He looks mm-hmm. much frailer than he did a year ago or two years ago, mm-hmm. Niall, to my eye. Mm-hmm. And even when he was speaking about the dead service people and saying they would respond, his voice was kind of lacking vibrancy, Mm. that is very damaging potentially, isn't it? Because he'd have to, he'd be 86, he's 81 now. He'd be Mm. 86 if he were elected and he served a full term. Yeah, it is a massive issue and a very big problem. One of the reasons being that if people conclude that he simply isn't capable of fully fulfilling his duties in a second term. Well, that's kind of the ball game then. I mean, that is a disqualifying issue if enough people think that. Yes. That's one of the reasons perhaps why Trump is seen as the one of the very few candidates Biden could actually beat because, you know, is Trump disqualified by his past behavior in the same way as Biden will be disqualified in some voters' minds by virtue of his age? The the point about Biden's age, though, Eamon, and I think this is really an important point to underline, is we are in a moment in the United States where most issues break down along rigidly, if not monolithically, partisan lines. Republicans think that and Democrats think the other. On the issue of Biden's age, in some polls, about half of Democratic voters don't believe he's capable of properly serving a second term. Yes, That's just an enormous problem. Yes. It leaves half of the whole Democratic electorate 
dissatisfied or open to not voting, most of them wouldn't vote for Trump. But it's a massive, massive political liability for Joe Biden. Yes, and there is another thing, and it's on the Trump side, ironically, given that, you know, cognitive ability is an issue and appears to be an issue for Biden. In the Trump, in a recent, very recent press conference, got Nancy Pelosi mixed up with Nikki Haley. Mm-hmm. And he persisted in this for about 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. And it was televised. I saw it. I'm sure you did. Mm-hmm. And it suggested that maybe the Donald hasn't got all the marbles either. It's not the only thing that suggests he hasn't got all the marbles, but we'll let that pass. Yeah, no, it's, it is a, an, an issue. And like Haley herself has sort of become increasingly aggressive, I would say, in suggesting that it just isn't good for America to have a, a contest between two men who are in Biden's case 81 and Trump's case 77. And the, uh, you know, on one hand, Trump's uh, manner of making speeches is often so bizarre and rambling that he kind of gets away with these things. But the example that you cited where he confused Haley and Pelosi, and I think he said the, the words Nikki Haley about four times when he clearly meant Nancy Pelosi. Um, that was very bad because it seemed indicative of some kind of decline in, in a way that doesn't, I mean, when Trump's just ranting about false, you know, stolen elections yes. or whatever, people sort of roll their eyes and think, well, that's Trump for you. But to be in front of an audience and say the wrong name repeatedly is a uh, a peculiar slip and a bad moment for Trump. In your view now, what are going to be between now and November the critical issues? Is it the American economy? Mm -hmm. Is it obviously the possibility of Trump being found guilty in one of those trials were they to take place, although he'll try, I'm sure, to get all of them put back Mm post-November. What is it looking like? What do you think the thing is that will, if you like, make people see Trump Mm -hmm. as the danger that many of us see him as being? I mean, he said, for example, that he'd end the Russia-Ukraine business in one day. Now, many people think what he meant by that was that he would make President Zelensky, the Ukrainian leader, give ground to Putin or let Russia keep territory they've captured. Mm -hmm. I mean, he has said dangerous things. He's talked about being a dictator, but only for one day. Mm -hmm. And of course, there's always this awful prospect that he might lose the election again and repeat what he's done over the 2020 election. Mm -hmm. So there are some terrible dangers many of us see. And it's also true, isn't it, that there is a strong cohort of Republican voters who won't vote for him. Mm-hmm. Yes, all of those things are are true. I think that when you're looking at what determines the outcome of the election, I, I, I'll run through this fairly quickly. I mean, there are conventional issues, and then there are issues that are specific to it being a Trump-Biden contest. So if if it wasn't these two personalities, you would say, well, the economy will almost certainly um, decide it, because 
you know, we're coming down from a period of high inflation. The Fed appears to be pulling off this famous soft landing where yes. it uh, can curb inflation without causing a recession. That could give Biden or give the sitting president, who happens to be Biden, a real tailwind. Then you come to Biden versus Trump, which is really a referendum or a choice between is President Biden too old versus is former President Trump too much of an existential danger to American democracy? Final point I would make quickly, Eamon, is that beyond that framework, there are also a couple of issues which have real power to animate and propel voters to the polls. The one that helps Democrats is the issue of abortion, where the Republicans have found themselves aligned with an unpopular position that struck down Roe versus Wade, which was the case that gave a constitutional right to abortion. Yes. The, the one of those issues that favors Republicans, though, and we haven't perhaps spoken about this quite so frequently, is, is well, I would say migration rather than immigration. Yes. The, the massive numbers of people who are being encountered at the southern yes. border, a, a atmosphere of sort of chaos around that topic. Yes. That is one of Biden, in terms of the issued set, that is one of Biden's main vulnerabilities. Right. And of course, interestingly, it's all over Europe now. Mm. Migration is a massive issue mm. for every, almost every country, including here in Ireland. Mm. It is stirring people who claim that Ireland is full. So it is a very emotive issue and it is something that will register. Now, we're very grateful to you, as always, for talking to us. And we look forward to talking to you soon. Again, we're grateful to Niles Stanage and to all of you for listening. That's all we have time for now. We'll talk to you soon. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.